India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes The month of December has been a roller coaster ride but I have to reflect on what has really happened how I have been changing my mind or keeping up with the actions in the market really important to understand because there have been so many contradictory forces or opposing forces that are at work making it extremely difficult call uh, but this is what the market really is there are periods of time when you can simply stay on the long side bullish side of the market for months even years to come uh, ideally you would want to ignore macro factors or global factors in fact when I actually called the 2001 uh, bull market uh, which was in the early part of my career at Sher Khan i thought it would be a 10 year run i've been bombarded during that period from 2001 to 2010 uh, by many times by what is happening around the world and most of the time i would ignore it i tell my team not to tell me what global markets are doing overnight because uh, there was a lot of news flow even at that point of time which was uh, negative but india was on a bull run of its own Uh, that said it's not possible for you to completely not be affected yes you can if you have a mindset that you you know completely ignore everything else but uh, if you don't don't do that and if you uh, you know can't manage your mind there are times where uh, you can be uh, you know taken to the wrong side and it's happened to me it happened to me once in 2005 and uh, you know whenever that happens you have to find a way to set yourself back now what has become easier over time and with experiences that even if you do move away from the market or take a step back and you know uh, cash out uh, getting back in to the right places uh, is important you know i would think probably in 04 and 05 once you say for example you cashed out of the market you think okay there's a risk the way you would get back in okay fine the risk didn't pan out looks like the bull market is still intact what do you buy sometimes you end up buying value mm. stocks again which means stocks that have actually uh, n- you know still in early stages of their cycle rather than chasing momentum which are uh, you know stocks in the later part of their cycle now uh, doing that can sometimes be harmful because the bull market has really set itself up to tell you that yeah these are the sectors that are outperforming and are doing well which is what the market likes now if you end up going and buying something else hoping that okay fine this stock has already moved up let me buy the next loser that's going to turn around because it's a bull market the chances are you will underperform so uh, you know going back to where the strength is where the momentum is and those uh, you know stocks or sectors that are holding ground based on your technical setup is actually good so when you actually get a pullback in the sectors that are performing uh, and that you get back the, get them back at a level that makes sense in the next correction then that is where you end up making your entries and that's the right approach now that's something that we have learned from experience and so this time around I, at least i can be wiser on that front uh, what i have not been able to do uh, at least since uh, you know 22 is not pay at i mean not completely ignore what is happening around the world so uh while it's been nice to be a perma bull for a large part of 2020 21 and 22 we started to pay attention to some of the corrections uh nicely so from a trading perspective because you're able to capture those 1000 2000 point moves on both sides of the market but eventually as it turned out because the correction was not steep uh the investment side was ideally a buy and hold market you know and uh, you didn't get a very steep correction but sometimes you do some stocks or sectors have given deep 
uh, pullbacks as well where if you actually exited you probably got them back even at you know half the price so each stock has been different and uh, you cannot really perfect that so you have to be an active manager have some system and process of doing it and be okay with the idea that you may have to pay some short term or long term capital gains tax along the way because that's another reason why a lot of people don't book gains now it's all fine if you're a long only investor you say it doesn't matter i can stay the course uh, but whenever that big drawdown comes and a bear market comes uh, everybody gets hurt with those 60 70% drops in their uh, values of their stocks and portfolio and then they feel maybe we should have done something about it now eventually those stocks do recover and then you might still feel it doesn't matter uh, but if i go back and think that if i owned all the same blue chips that were around in the index in 1990 or 1994 would they still be around today and the truth is that many of the index components have changed some of the blue chips have gone away not come back delisted disappeared some are still around but not doing as well as the others and so there's always a change in leadership which you cannot completely ignore so simply hanging on to old ideas is not always uh, always the perfect thing to do uh, but yeah it works uh, many times uh, it works in certain stocks uh, hdfc was probably not an index stock once upon a time but made it in uh, to the index basket uh, reliance has been there forever but there are many others that are uh, not any more present in the blue chip list and so that's uh, that's the reality of markets which is why active management at some level you know at some degree has to be done where you enter exit clean up uh, your ownership uh, i am okay with the idea that if i have to move out and move in again in markets because this is what i am so in a very important part of trading and investing is markets is it eventually teaches you something about yourself now you hope to be like the next person which means we can all look up to warren buffet rakesh uh, junjunwala ramesh damani or uh, whichever invest- investor that you really like but uh, uh, can you really ape exactly what they do we can definitely learn a lot from them but we have to do uh, what we are you know and if what we are works then that's good that's good enough and i think that that's a realization i'm trying to ask myself again and again i thought i can do it differently this time uh, maybe more like uh, the long term investors where my investment portfolio is concerned but my style is different i am an active manager i've always been one is that wrong and should i change it the question is answered by is it profitable doing so and the answer is yes so then why should i change what i am doing just to make the market happy just to make people who follow you and listen to you happy that they would have liked it if you did it a different way rather than they learn how you do it because they are following you for your success or are you doing something to you know help them become successful in their own way that doesn't really work because you are going to be you and they are going to be they we can only learn from each other and improve ourselves and which is why uh the india charts platform has always been one of you know encouraging people to learn new things uh, become better at what they do rather than provide them investment advice and which is why i say we'll teach you how to fish but we'll not spoon feed you that's become our uh, you know tagline when it comes to thinking about what we really want to achieve uh, you know so that's one of the goals that we should help people learn how to really fish in the markets and not spoon feed them so that's going to be the approach i can share my analysis i can share my views and opinions but at the end of the day you need to execute what you need to execute if you're a long term investor then your style will have to incorporate some of the things that we teach on longer term charts it can be done uh, you don't have to apply the same tools and methodologies work on every time frame but you have to adapt it 
to your time frame and your preferences so that it works for you so that is how it is i insist a lot on something that i learned uh, much later on which is position sizing and trade management it makes the complete difference between what kind of a drawdown you will have uh, and how you actually grow your portfolio if even you run a partial trading versus investment portfolio it will make sure that your portfolio keeps growing and you keep making trading gains that add up to uh, the portfolio growth as well so those are things you need to you know think about and uh, build into your uh, trading strategy uh, and trading plan so with that let's get into what has really happened in markets this month was a pretty fantastic month because it started off in fact i should say from november and that was the easy part was after turning you know bearish and thinking that maybe there's a major risk in the market because bond yields were just not coming off uh, in uh, october uh we did have an extreme positioning which is an extreme big short position at the bottom of uh the early part of november and that made it clear to us that this market's going to rally into the end of november because short covering is due and at the end of november shorts were not fully covered so we also clear maybe this can go on for a little longer and uh, all we needed to do is wait for the market to get past 19850 which was acting as a hurdle it got past that election results were favorable all great and that's when it got tough because once again we were paying attention to not domestic but global macro which means what's happening around the world what's the fed going to do uh, the market's already looking overbought it's already had its run on the back of domestic elections in the us also in anticipation of this fed thing so i thought probably the fed meet announcement would be a you know sell on rise or it would be the end of this move but uh, they surprised me uh, even though it was quite anticipated that they may give an indication of when they're going to start cutting rates i thought that because uh, you know last couple of meetings they were not doing that uh, uh, they would actually move uh, in the same direction as pre- before which means uh, continue to hold their previous stance that they still have a rate hike on the table which they have done but they started to talk about uh, you know the rate cycle and cutting rates and what would be the basis of that and that announcement has got markets all heated up remember they didn't do anything they are using language as a policy tool which means uh, language is being used as a monetary policy tool to move the markets uh, and so if they say that they are softer that's taken as dovish they don't have to cut rates and this is exactly what they were doing a year ago when they were raising rates and then they stopped from 75 basis to 50 to 25 and then they stopped and then they just used language saying we are going to be tough we are going to be tough and that kept the bond market falling for months and months to come tightening the environment even though they were not really raising rates so that's a that's the way the central bank does it because if they don't want to raise rates physically beyond a point uh, to hurt the markets they simply use language they're doing the opposite of that now they don't want the bond markets to panic anymore and they're using their language to keep it from falling but the real question is which side of this equation really adds up you know so when i think about the entire macro space and i've been thinking well this is what i was saying 4 months ago it's actually happening uh, so one of my followers asked me this in november itself said aren't you worried that whatever you were saying earlier is happening and you actually turned a little bearish at this point and i said well uh, we are turning bullish on positioning but yes it is true that some of the things look like they are happening because in uh, july august september i had the narrative that Uh, the us bond market was extremely oversold at some point it's going to bottom inflation data was falling from me as expected and i thought actually the fed would start easing or at least the bond market if not the fed itself would start bouncing back because of falling inflation data much earlier than it did so to my surprise that didn't happen in july august september and so when it kept falling into october i think that's the point at which i got slightly panicky that the yield curve is steepening 
and am i real have i really got this wrong and so that sent me on a back foot on the uh, extremely uh, one way bullish view that i was maintaining for quite some time now having done that now that i'm looking back okay uh, uh, the bond market did bottom out and my second thesis which i was uh, talking about which is that in an inflationary cycle it's possible when the bond market bottoms bonds and stocks rally together now this is very against what the hedge funds have been trying to say over youtube in multiple interviews that we'll follow the same cycle as 2000 and 2008 which is when the bond market bottoms it recognizes that the economy slowed down and therefore a bond market rally is a risk off where stocks fall and bonds go up so far that has not happened even though the bond market is rallying on the back of weaker inflation it's not caused a stock market decline so that means my thesis on the inflationary cycle being followed rather than the deflationary cycle of the last two recessions also turns out to be true in fact i saw a chart where the yield curve and the stock market actually bottomed in 1982 together you know so again that beats the entire thesis that a lot of these people have been propagating so should i just go back to now my outright perma bullish stance i would like to but here's one problem and this is the macro one uh because to some extent a lot of what uh, the macro is saying is not completely wrong uh here are the truths the truth is there is too much debt uh the us debt to gdp has crossed 120% it's around 123 or 24 the last i checked uh and when you're at those levels where which means that you're above 100% debt to gdp what happens next uh how do you really bring that down and this is where the equation doesn't add up uh to bring that down you need to inflate yes so you got some inflation but you don't want too much inflation so you're going to raise rates on the other side uh, the way you really do modern monetary policy is you get the government to spend so now the government post covid is spending that's good but now that they're spending so much they need to borrow even more trillions and trillions every year increasing the debt so on the one side you want to bring down debt through inflation but on the other side you're spending more to spend more you need to borrow more which means you need to sell that debt to the market which mean bond yields can't come down but if inflation is down you need to bring bond yields down by cutting interest rates will the bond market listen to you if you're going to be selling another trillion dollars of bonds onto the market and so you need some way of passing on this debt to the people at a lower interest rate and if they don't accept it bond yields remain high now this is the catch and so are they going to really back off from quantitative tightening and start buying bonds and that would be the final trigger that yes we are really going back to qe or some kind of yield curve control the way japan did it because that's the only way we can keep financing this debt so what is the solution they're going to really uh, take you know and uh, if they don't go back to qe then can the bond market really handle it and will yields that have come down a bit start going up again and that is a risk now that i'm not really able to make up in my mind anymore all of last year i ignored it because sentiment was very negative markets had to rally march to september they did but now that that sentimental rally is over the question is are the fundamentals really improving or aren't they are the macro risks real and current or should we still continue to trade this market on momentum and sentiment i think momentum and sentiment will completely work what has become hard because of the macro mindset is to stick to that long term perma bullish view you know which makes it easy just hold don't care uh, so the way i'm approaching it is i'll need to book from time to time re-enter book because i'll keep creating cash every time it looks like the market has some risk and going to correct like and be sure that the dollar by bear market is actually here it's not just a correction in the dollar down and then up but it's really going to be a situation where the fed is not just cutting rates but it has to buy those bonds and make sure the rates remain low because the amount of financing they have to do can't really ensure that rates can remain low so this that equation doesn't add up 
you know it's pretty messed up because you have different forces in different directions the fed trying to tighten the central government trying to spend you know inflation needs to come down but you need to borrow more uh how does it really add up uh, so i don't know how it adds up uh, we'll have to just go by what the market does at the mm-hmm. time that it becomes clear uh, that we've actually managed to uh, you know manage this situation and you know get through with it which means when it's time to take that victory lap you know even for the fed then surely we we can say that okay now we are through we can go back to the perma bullish view but right now it's like little hard to say that so you take this market cycle to cycle which means i use my rmi indicator the rohit momentum indicator which we teach people that it's a cycle where momentum picks up goes up then comes back like a sine wave trade those cycles in and out on whatever time frame that you're comfortable daily weekly but uh, be aware that markets can go both ways till we can get over the macro risks i think that's the only approach i can take right now i'm still trying to get a 100% certainty on the dollar and bond markets patterns uh if i did have that i would have clearly taken a stance and not have had alternate views on the market open but this is what it is and this is what we need to do given the situation today and that's how i'm going to handle it because in the end uh i only manage my money i don't really take anyone else's money to handle and i have to do what i know how to do best i mean i cannot do what somebody else does or do it the way somebody else does to satisfy their ego i need to do it the way it works for me and my mind can really accept it and this is what i'm going to do so this is this is what it is this is what i've been writing about on india charts i'm not sure i've been able to communicate it as clearly i will do it with charts in the next long shot report uh, and make try and make more sense of it uh, in the meantime don't miss tomorrow's weekend with india charts where we have this discussion all the more with charts which you can actually see visually and beyond that if you really like to understand all of this that i've spoken about elliot waves plus rmi plus economic cycles plus application of this on portfolio management we do all of that in the mentorship program which is a lifetime uh, program once you become part of the mentorship group uh, it starts in january uh, so it's a good time to you know call us up and uh, register and get involved and we'll see you all there in the live sessions that will start uh, sometime later in january so that's all from me today this is what we are going to do with markets uh, if you really looking for particular levels you can check the nifty daily weekly reports i think we are coming to critical resistances between 21500 21700 somewhere around this range we'll see how the markets behave but lot of the sentiment indicators now reaching the top end of their ranges which means we are slowly getting overbought across the board and that's where we'll have to look for that topping process whether it happens now or in the first week of january which is the seasonal cycle typically for markets where they peak that's what we need to watch out and fine tune over the next two weeks uh, so that's all for me today thank you and see you next time nothing in this podcast is investment advice views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work please consult a registered financial advisor for the same and yes please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge